What's up, everybody? Welcome to the In Love with Horror podcast. We are your hosts. I'm AJ. And I'm Christy. Join us for a love affair with all things horror as we explore the world of horror films, games, and everything in between. All right, y'all. We got a great episode today. Uh, we're, of course, going to be talking about the new trailers that dropped this week. We got the official trailer, finally, for the American Horror Story Delicate. Uh, and then we also got a new film from Eli Roth called Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll be talking about that as well. Uh, and then, of course, for news, man, we got some kind of uh, interesting and weird news. Uh, <laughs> we're getting more of the nursery rhyme movies coming in uh, uh, Goldilocks. Uh, I'm sorry. Goldilocks, Three Bears, Three Blind Mice, and Mary Had a Little Lamb. They all got movies coming out. And of course, Saw 10 dropped some new images and that poster. We got the Crow reboot, reboot we're going to be talking about. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the Strangers trilogy. Stay tuned for that because that's coming in 2024. And then for the main topic today, y'all, we're going to be doing a spoiler review of The Nun 2. So make sure you stick around because all that and more is coming on the In Love with Horror podcast. as we always do before we jump into the trailers for drop this week we are going to uh, talk about what we watched this week now um now i know that you did not get the chance to watch anything baby so uh, i'll skip you and i'll just jump right into what i watched uh this week and i watched uh, uh the recent film that came out uh, i believe around the the summertime and that was a cobweb so i got a chance uh to watch that uh, this past week, and let me give you the synopsis for uh, anyone who's not familiar with what Cobweb is. Uh, so the, syn- the synopsis reads: Young Peter is played by a mysterious constant noise from inside his bedroom wall. A tapping as parents insists is is in his imagination. As his fear intensifies, he starts to believe that his parents are hiding a terrible and dangerous secret. Now that synopsis is pretty vague, but um, I think it has to be because of the nature of the film like i can't even really give any details without spoiling the film i definitely think it's a film you just gotta like just click play and just watch um and with that being said i thought the movie was okay i thought the concept was really good but the execution uh was was not that great that's some kind of dumb plot decisions some dumb plot points um but the the ending of the film like kind of like that that the main part of the third act was really cool like once the, you know, all things have been revealed, like from that point on, I think the movie gets, you know, extremely interesting, but they kind of fumbled uh, the elements of the film leading up to the big reveal moment and then what plays out afterwards. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I thought the performances were were pretty good in this film uh, and the effects, the effects are actually really good too. Uh, but ultimately, uh, this the concept was not executed uh very good it was just kind of disappointing because the concept is i think i think kind of interesting um but yeah now, yeah i'm pretty sure you didn't watch this yet but you just kind of watched the review on it though right yeah i haven't actually watched it yeah <clears throat> yeah uh i think 
I think that you would find it interesting, but I think you'd probably be on my same page. You'd be looking at it, questioning some of the choices in the movie. So mm-hmm. um, I don't even think it'd be worth your time to watch it, honestly, just because I know how okay. you are. And I feel like you'd probably walk away not not really liking it. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, but for our viewers, uh, check out Cobweb. Watch the trailer, and if you or if you like the trailer, give the movie a chance because you, you might like it. Uh, but that's what we watched this week. Well, what I watched this week. Uh, now we'll jump into all the good new horror trailers that dropped this week, y'all. Starting off with uh, the official trailer for American Horror Story: Delicate. So we finally got like an actual trailer, like from scenes of the show, because you know we got like the teaser trailers that were like music videos, essentially. You know, very like artistic pieces, but now we're getting like the actual show itself and seeing, you know, how this what the show looks like, what the vibe is like, and and then uh, a glimpse of what the story is. Now, if you're not familiar with uh, what American Horror Story Delicate is, let me read you the synopsis for uh, this new uh, season. It reads: After multiple failed attempts of IVF, actress Anna Victoria Alcott wants nothing more than to start a new, uh, to start a family. As the buzz around her recent film grows, she fears that something may be targeting her in her pursuit of motherhood. And this, and this, of course, is actually a part one uh, for this season, uh, but it will be streaming on Hulu and on FX on September 20th. So it's right around the corner, just a couple of weeks away. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, with this series, if you, if you watch the trailer, um, I feel like it, it has that iconic tone that you know, American Horror Story is known for. Um, and it's got a lot of, uh, you know, actors that are being brought back. You know, we all love the the actors and actresses that, that you know, uh, perform in the different seasons of the show. Um, and a lot of the heavy hitters are back. One of the big ones being, you know, uh, Emma Robertson. And uh, I thought the trailer was, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. You know, it deals with the, with the idea that, um, this facility that she got her IVF from maybe uh, implanted something other than uh, a human baby or something like that. That's the vibe we're kind of getting from the trailer. Um, but honestly, I thought the trailer just kind of looked okay. I would definitely need to uh, watch more of it. I like the ending of it. Like it kind of got a little, you know, uh, creepy with the, with the, you know, missing mouth and the vomit coming out of the nurse's mouth. Like that kind of mm-hmm. got weird. And I kind of like that part, but, I just kind of thought it was okay. What do you think about it? I agree. I thought it was also okay. Mm. Um, it doesn't really entice me or excite me about watching this season. You know, I'm already kind of like withdrawn from American Horror Story anyway. Yeah. So this trailer didn't really like make me want to, you know, get back into it. Yep. Um, but I know people who are huge fans of it and I'm sure they're really excited about it. I personally am just not. So it didn't really spark my interest. Yeah. It, it didn't seem. It didn't seem special. Like mm-hmm. looking at the trailer. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, Emma Roberts looks beautiful. Even Kim Kardashian, I thought she looked really, you know, beautiful as well in the trailer. I was like, oh yeah, they look really nice. And the overall look looked really nice as well. Yeah. It just like the story itself just didn't really like pull me. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. The trailer didn't do a good job of making the story interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we've kind of seen like in other series, you know, something similar play out with this whole IVF thing. So I feel like it's it's a storyline that's already kind of been done. So it's not like it doesn't feel interesting. It's kind of like ah, oh, we see we kind of seen this before. Um, especially if you're like a fan of the show Evil. But uh, but I don't know. You know, you never know. Trailers sometimes just 
you know, don't do the a show or a film justice. So, so, so uh, I think it might be worth at least checking out maybe the first couple episodes to see if it's mm-hmm. worth going through the whole part one of this season. Uh, but that, y'all, is the official trailer of American Horror Story Delicate. Now, moving on to the next trailer that we got this week, uh, it it was the second trailer for The Exorcist Believer. Now, if you uh, are not familiar with The Exorcist Believer, let me read you the synopsis for this new uh, Exorcist film. Um, and it is a direct sequel to the original uh, Exorcist film. Now, the synopsis for Believer reads, When his daughter Angela and her best friend and her friend Catherine show signs of demonic possession, it unleashes, it unleashes a chain of events that forces single father Victor Fielding to confront the uh, nadir of evil. Terrified and desperate, he seeks out Chris, Chris McNeil, the only person alive who's witnessed anything like it before. Now, this film is releasing in, releasing in theaters on, I believe it's, uh, I thought it was October 6th. Did they change it again? Um, no, you're right, it is. Okay. Uh, yep, so uh, the, Exos- the Exorcist Believer is dropping in theaters on October 6th. It's being directed uh, by David Gordon Green, who also assisted in writing it along with Scott Teams and Peter Sattler. It's starring Leslie Odom Jr., Ellen Bernstein, Anne Dowd, Lydia Jewett, and Olivia O'Neill. Um, now, if you go over on our YouTube channel, you'll see that I did a uh, reaction to this <laughs> trailer. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. And, what you say? I didn't mean to laugh. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, no, it is it is funny because uh uh boy man, like people went in on the comments on that uh on that uh reaction. Because up to me, the trailer just doesn't make the movie look very interesting or exciting. It just looks very generic and basic to me. Now that's not saying that the film doesn't have the potential to, to be better than what the trailers are portraying. And I think one of the comments on the on that reaction I did even mentioned that they they, you know, supposedly saw a test screening and it's way better than the trailer and so on and so forth. So it's possible. I'm still going to give it a chance, but I don't know. I just thought that the trailer just won't do it for me. And uh, boy, the people in the comments, boy, they was coming for me. But hey, look, yeah, I got to yeah. keep it real, y'all. It is what it is. But what do you think about <laughs> it? Well, okay. well, I will say that I think that the trailer um, was better than the first trailer that we, wa- we watched. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got to see a little bit more of Chris McNeil and I mean, I like her. So, I mean, that was my favorite part of the trailer. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like you feel, I don't really, (laughs) and you know, I even started questioning myself after, you know, so many people came at you. I was like, well, am I being too harsh? You know, like, Mm -hmm. Am I looking at this through a biased eye or something like that? But uh, yeah, I mean, I just, it doesn't. And then, you know, we are going to be talking about um, The Nun 2 later, but Mm -hmm. even watching the trailer in the movie theater, I was like, okay, well, maybe it looks different on the big screen. And it doesn't to me. (laughs) It still looks the same. Still looks the same. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. It's just, I don't know what it is about it, but. I don't know. It just doesn't seem. And, and, you know, a lot of people were like, well, you can't compare it to the first film. I'm not comparing it. I'm just looking at it as what it is, what they gave me. I'm looking at it when I see with my own two eyes. Right. It doesn't look that great of, of, a, of a trailer. That's all. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of I kind of a gripe with this concept of like, because a lot of people a lot of people were saying that, like, oh, you can't compare it to the original. But I'm like, 
isn't that what you're supposed to do? This is a direct <laughs> sequel to the original film. It's a continuation of the story. Like, why wouldn't I compare it to the film that came before it? Especially if it's following yeah. a, th- a th- uh, you know, a through a through storyline like that concept of Very like, well, you true. can't compare it. Like, that doesn't make sense. It's like it's a sequel to this film. Right. Like, it, Even know, like this, what I was talking about the nun too, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people compare it to the first nun. It's the same thing. Yeah, naturally. You're like, oh, yeah, this because it is a sequel. It is a right. part of the larger story of that series of films. Like, mm-hmm. and it's very natural to compare it. Cause I feel like that's what you're supposed to do. And the sequel is supposed to take the first, the first film and elevate it and expound upon it. So like, I don't know this, this idea of like, well, you can't compare it. Like, I, like, like what? That, that doesn't make sense. But, but anyway, y'all uh, check out my reaction. And uh, you know, I, I'm very curious uh, for our viewers and listeners. Um, what are your thoughts on the second trailer and the, the overall marketing of of the Exor- the Exorcist believer? Like, are you kind of like on our side, or is it kind of like it just not really doing a lot? Like, it looks very basic. Um, but you know, we, we'd love to discuss that with you in the comments. So, uh, drop your thoughts uh, down in the comments. And moving on to the next trailer we got this week is for uh, Eli Roth's new film, and that's the film Thanksgiving. Uh, Now, Thanksgiving, uh, the synopsis reads, after a Black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the infamous holiday. Uh, uh, Just like I mentioned, it's being directed by Eli Roth, uh, who's also uh, writing writing it along with Jeff Rendell, uh, who helped uh, work on Cabin Fever. It's releasing in theaters on November 17th, and it stars Rick Hoffman, Gina uh, Gershon, Patrick Dempsey, and Chris Sandiford. And um, uh, Christy actually did a uh, reaction uh, to this film. You can find that on uh, TikTok and our YouTube channel. Uh, so I'll let you go first, babe. What, what do you think about the Thanksgiving trailer? I am super excited to wa- about watching this one. Oh, it yeah. looks like it's going to be a good time. Like, I like holiday horror movies anyway. Yeah. And, you know, we have a lot of Christmas. We have a lot of, um, shoot, Valentine's Day. Yep. Um, obviously Halloween. So it's cool that, you know, we'll finally have something for Thanksgiving. Like, it's so crazy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, watching the trailer, it's a teaser trailer. So it was like literally like a minute or some change. Yeah. Um, I thought that, you know, there were some good kills that we could see that are going to probably be in the movie. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of Patrick Dempsey from Grey's Anatomy. So I was glad to see him in there. Um, well, yeah, it looks like it's going to be good. I, I think it'll be a good time for sure. What do you think? Yeah, I actually agree 100%. I thought this movie looked like it's really, it really is going to be a good time. Uh, it's good to see Eli, Eli Roth back in the, in, the, in the director's chair again. And I think this movie would just be like just a genuine uh, good slasher film. Like it looks like mm-hmm. through and through like a classic slasher. And I like the yeah. concept of it, like you said, centering around Thanksgiving because I don't think there's a film that centers around uh, Thanksgiving at all. So to have, you know, you know, a collection of films that can hit every holiday, I think is, is going to be kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Um, but the trailer looked good. There was some um, some good creative looking kills in there. It looks like it's going to be, you know, plenty, uh, plenty gory slasher film. Um, and uh, all the uh, performers in it uh, look really good. Um, 
and I think it's just, it's, just, it's going to be a fun film. Uh, and yeah. this, this is one I didn't know uh, was being created. So it's also like a kind of surprise for me, but a pleasant one. Uh, and I'm definitely excited to uh, see more on uh, Thanksgiving. Well, I don't know. I personally don't remember this, but apparently back in 2007, there was something called Grindhouse. Do you remember that at all? Mm, oh, Grindhouse. I don't think I've ever seen that, but I think I'm familiar with the name. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so a project with Quentin Tarantino and somebody yep. else. I can't okay, remember yeah. their name. Apparently they have like some fake trailers in this double feature thing that they created. Yeah. And the Thanksgiving was one of those fake trailers. And a lot of people wanted uh, Eli Roth to make it into a feature film. But like I said, this is way long time ago. So now he's finally actually making it into a feature film. That's but yeah, cool. it was like a fake trailer that he made back to, you know, part of that, that feature. So for people who remember Grindhouse, you finally get to see this as a movie. Yeah, dang. That's actually, that's actually a cool story. I'm glad they're taking it to that level. They need yep. to do that same thing with uh, uh, the trailers from Tropic Thunder because there was a series of trailers in front of that movie too. I think it'd be funny <laughs> if they made just like comedic uh, movies off of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, y'all, that's uh, Thanksgiving. Again, the new Eli Roth uh, slasher film coming to theaters on November 17th. Now, moving on, the, the next uh, tra- trailer that we got is a teaser trailer for a new Goosebumps series. And the synopsis reads, Plunging viewers into a world of, myst- of mystery and suspense, the new Goosebumps series follows a group of five high schoolers as they embark on a shadowy and twisted journey to investigate the tragic passing three decades earlier of a teen named Harold Biddle, while also unearthing dark secrets from their parents' past. Now, Goose- Goosebumps is set to debut across both Disney Plus and Hulu on Friday, October 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, the 10-part series stars Justin Long and Rachel Harris, alongside newcomer Zach Morris. Uh, uh, Issa Briones, Miles M- McKenna, Anna E. Puig, and Will Price. Um, now this trailer is through and through definitely a teaser trailer to the max. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's not even how long is this thing? Like seven? It's seventeen seconds. Like you, <laughs> you don't you get like snapshot uh, glimpses, like a little montage glimpse at yeah. one point of different stuff that is going to happen in the show. Uh, I like the vibe. It looks very serious, which I like. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be that kind of like a, a YA serious seriousness to it. Um, yeah. I don't think it'll be as dark in tone as the midnight club, but I think it'd be cool if it kind of right. went in that direction of vibe. I never watched mm-hmm. the show, but I was, uh, I saw uh, the trailers, I think, uh, were, were good. And I know you said the midnight club was good. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is interesting. Uh, I remember the only remember the old Goosebumps series. I don't know if they ever had another Goosebumps ser- series since then. I um, think but, they did, but I never. I feel like they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like the old one though. I was watching that when I was a kid. Yeah. So if they can Me too. somehow capture the essence of that and then modernize it for a new generation while still having, uh, you know, jokes and storylines that can appeal to adults as well, I think that'd be really cool and. Uh, yeah. I, I love pretty much anything Justin Long is in, so that's that's cool too. But, Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, what do you think about this trailer? Oh yeah, I mean, like you said, it's super short, but yeah. it's still exciting news. Um, there are some a few images taken from the thing that I saved, so you can look at those later. But I thought it looks really interesting. Um, I think it does have the same kind of vibe as Midnight Club, but mm-hmm. maybe not as dark as you said. 
Um, so I think it'll still be good, a good watch for, you know, you know, younger kids. I might actually enjoy it myself. So, I mean, I want to check it out because I'm a Goosebumps fan. So I'm excited to see what kind of stories they come up with. Yeah, I think it's definitely a, a talent to be able to like balance, like being able to, you know, have a movie that's accessible to both like children and adults. Like there's, there's something in it for both uh, mm-hmm. viewers and uh, both those age groups. Uh, this isn't a horror film, but, you know, when the new Ninja Turtle movies, uh, Ninja Turtle movie Mutant Mayhem came to theaters, you know, I took our uh, seven-year-old son to watch it, and I found myself cracking up at the, at the movie because I feel like there were jokes within it that were definitely aimed at, you know, the adults of the mm-hmm. family, uh, so to speak. Um, so there, there's definitely a way to, 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 to ride that balance and be able to, yeah. you know, appease, you know, both the adults and the children. So maybe they can somehow uh, pull that off. But yeah, but yeah, I think it looks good, y'all. Uh, a new Goosebumps series, and it's coming on Friday the 13th in October. Uh, on Perfect Disney time Plus for the Halloween. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Perfect time for <throat> Halloween, y'all. And that, I feel like our Halloween list of, like, our watch list know, for October is getting, like, bigger and bigger so every day. Yeah. All these surprise announcements. Oh, yeah, it's just coming in October. I'm like, damn, this list is getting a little long, y'all. Yeah. Uh, but moving on to uh, another trailer. Uh, this one was like a super cool surprise, y'all. It's for a film called No One Will Save You. Uh, now, No One Will Save You is a face-off between Bern, or Bryn, I'm sorry, Bryn, and a host of extraterrestrial beings who threaten her future while forcing her to deal with her past. It's being written and directed by Brian uh, Duffield. Um, he was a writer on Underwater, Babysitter, and Love and Monsters, and directed a film called Spontaneous. And it releases on Hulu on September 22nd. Uh, now I did do a reaction video to this over on the uh, over on the YouTube channel. You can definitely check check that out. But it was cool because this was a cool experience because I was on YouTube. I just watched the Exorcist Believer trailer, and then I saw the thumbnail for this pop up in my recommended, and I was like, "Oh, what is that?" It kind of had the thumbnail had the appeal of a horror film, so I clicked it and I read the, and I read the description before I watched it, and I was like, "Oh." It was basically like an extraterrestrial, like home invasion film was the vibe the description was given off. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, you know, I was thinking like stuff like Panic Room. Remember Panic Room, babe? I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Like but, with that, aliens yeah. as, as the people breaking in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I thought the trailer looked really good. I was like, what? Where did this film come from? It's coming from, you know, 20th Century Studios uh, dropping on Hulu as a Hulu original. And it just looks super creative. The concept is really cool. Uh, I like the idea of, I like any films got alien invasions, but the way they're handling this one with like a 10 Cloverfield lane, where obviously there's an alien, alien invasion around the world, but we're focusing on this one character and their experience. Uh, and she's trying to survive this night uh, in her house where aliens are trying to break in. And, you know, in the trailer, it looked like they might've been, uh, you know, like doing something to their minds, like mind control. I don't know. Or maybe they're trying to abduct her, but I thought it looked good. What would you think? Though? Yes. I thought it looked really interesting. Um, the way that the aliens looked like the overall, like music that they use in the trailer. Yeah. Um, it definitely feels like it's going to be a very tense ride. So, um, I don't, for that reason, I don't know if I'm going to be watching it. <laughs> oh, it's going to be intense. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I'm, I do want to check it out. Um, I'm not a big fan of alien movies only because I feel like 
oh, I, I don't know about everyone else listening, but I, I do kind of believe in aliens. So the truth is out <laughs> so there. I personally find the alien movies to be quite scary because <laughs> they feel like they could be real. Mm-hmm. The fourth kind? Um, yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up because yep. that's a scary, that's scary was, movie. It was creepy because it felt very Anyways, real. Anyways, the fact that this is a surprise to you lets me know that you do not watch my videos because I talked about this movie in my September upcoming releases. Well, I guess so I now I know. Nope. I no, somehow. I know. Now I know. Yeah, look, you listen a lot of films. I just I can't remember them all. You know what I'm saying? I can't remember them all. Yeah, but no. Uh, I do want to watch this, though. Yeah. I'll be watching this during the day. Oh, yeah. This, look, this looks good, y'all. I'm excited for this one. This is this has gotten put on the list. Um, But again, check out that trailer and check out the reaction that we have on YouTube. Uh, again, it's called No One Will Save You Coming to Hulu on September 22nd. And that, y'all, actually wraps up our trailers portion of the podcast. Now we're going to jump into all the good horror news that dropped this week. Starting us off is uh, some new uh, images and poster for Saw 10. Now, the image that they release is actually a new image of uh, Amanda's character. And she's, of course, got the iconic uh, uh, pig mask sitting kind of on top of her head. So you can see Amanda's face, but the, the pig mask is halfway off of her, uh, of her head. Um, uh, so that was, that was, I thought that was like a, just a kind of whatever image, like it was cool. I think mm-hmm. I was just more, I mean, I guess there's no point to save budget, but you know, since she looks older, but this film's supposed to take place during Saw 1 and 2, I guess they're like, fuck it. Yeah. Like, we ain't get by the waste yeah, money on the agent, like just roll with it, true. you know? Yeah. Um, but so it was a fine image. I don't think that really did anything for me. Now, along with this image, they also released a new poster. Now, this is where things get interesting, y'all. So this new poster has uh, like a saw that almost looks um, like a Mayan calendar vibe. And it uh, features like kind of like insignias and emblems that represent the different films of the Saw franchise with Jigsaw's face in the middle. And... Uh, it's got a tagline on the poster that reads the 10th chapter cuts through time. Um, and a lot of people online are wondering, well, what does that mean? Um, mm-hmm. cause it can kind of imply in my eyes, one of two things, either it's just referencing the fact that this film takes place during Psalm one and two, um, uh, you know, something of that nature, or are we going to actually get something related to time or is it just indicating uh just wrapping up the story like connective pieces like what are your thoughts on that but on this post i think i'm leaning more towards your first assumption because you know it's the 10th movie but it really takes place you know earlier on so that could be like the cut through time so that's what i'm thinking yeah personally yeah okay yeah i think that i think that too because i don't think it would just fit the Saw franchise to do some wild shit like time travel or something weird like that. Right. I yeah. think it'd be so unexpected that it'd be kind of cool because you just wouldn't see that shit coming at all. Uh, but it definitely doesn't yeah. really fit the franchise. So I think it's just an, an homage to all the films. Mm-hmm. And it's saying that, you know, maybe this film has some components to it that connect everything in the larger story across all films. And that's possible too, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, that's the type of games jigsaw mm-hmm. plays right they always have something bigger yeah um connecting it so it could be a big piece as well yep no i agree 100 mm-hmm. percent. 
Uh, but to our viewers and our listeners, what do y'all think the poster means? Uh, drop down in the comments below your thoughts. Now, uh, moving on to the next news story we got. Now, this is the one that's all about all these damn nursery rhyme films, <laughs> nursery rhyme films that are coming out. Uh, so off rip, the first one that we got news of, this new one, is for uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Uh, a, a horror movie about Mary Had a Little Lamb is coming. Uh, now, I personally did not watch the trailer, but I did see the images. And it looks like uh, Mary's Little Lamb is going on a rampage. <laughs> it is a slasher film. I don't know what yeah. happened on the farm, but some really Mary did something <laughs> and he popping off or yeah. uh, the lamb was going ham. But it's another one of these movies that's using like just like a kind of like. Like cheap looking mask, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah. the vein of Winnie the Pooh and stuff like that. Uh, what I think Winnie the Pooh started all this. I'm telling you that it right did. now. It definitely they had these did. regular goofy looking masks, and now everyone's just like, "That's what we're doing." Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch the trailer, but if you look at the images, it's literally just like a bloody lamb mask, but it's a human body, and um, that that lamb has a hatchet, and the lamb's going ham. Mm. Um, <laughs> the lamb's going ham. The lamb is going ham. <laughs> Now, I, I don't think you watched it. I don't think you watched the trailer either, baby. Uh, what are your no, What I are didn't. your thoughts on this? I don't know. I mean, I think it's. I don't know. I don't know what the words are for this, <laughs> but it's definitely interesting. I mean, it's. I'm not sure, like, the the mindset or the thought process, and yeah. it goes takes into you know putting these things together. Like why why choose this nursery rhyme yep. for this slasher film? I guess I'm just trying to figure out what the purpose behind it is. Is or maybe just not. It's just wild, crazy fun. It's just you know a way to create a slasher film and it still be gimmicky. I don't know what the word would be to yeah, explain any of this. Like but cheesy, campy comedy. Yeah, slasher. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean. I, I definitely wouldn't take any of these films seriously, but I mean, if you just want to, you know, throw on a good slasher and not, you know, not really have to think about something for an hour and a half, I don't see any problems with it. Yeah. Now let me give you all the synopsis for this film. Uh, so the synopsis for Mary Had a Little Lamb reads, a radio host and her crew set out to discover the truth behind some disappearances for a true crime show. They will soon learn that there is far more to discover when they meet Mary and her lamb. Who, who will make it out alive of this house of horrors? And it's being okay, directed. So there's two people, not just a lamb. There's a Mary and her. You said Mary and her lamb. So there's oh, like be two, two killers. Characters. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Like maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what that one image is on Bloody Disgusting too. Or it's a. I'm assuming that's Mary and the lamb uh, behind gotcha. her potentially. Gotcha. Okay. Um. But yeah, that's it's being directed by visual effects artist and animator Jason Arbor, and it's coming to uh, VOD and physical release on October third. Now, the second film um, that we got that's you know a nursery rhyme turned uh, horror movie is for uh, Three Blind Mice. So Three Blind Mice is getting a horror movie, y'all, um, and this this one is releasing on VOD and physical release. On October 17th, and synopsis for Three Blind Mice reads, Abby's going cold turkey 
Her family has taken her to a cabin in the woods so she can be away from the city and all her troubles. However, little do, little do they know, the three blind mice is more than just a fairy tale and it may be next up on the menu. And wow. um, both films are actually coming from uh, the production studio Uncork Entertainment. So it looks like uh, they're the ones producing a lot of these nursery mm-hmm. rhyme films. But I also did not watch the trailer for this either. Um, but the images uh, that were posted on Bloody Disgusting, none of them really featured the blind mice very often. There's only like two. So it's hard to really get an idea of like what they will look like. All the other images look like it's of the same character just bloodied up. But it looks mm-hmm. like there'll just be another like stalker slasher type film. Um, and I'm sure it'll be in that kind of same vein, potentially of this kind of campy, just mm-hmm. like fun slasher film. Uh, yeah. yeah what, what were your thoughts when you heard about Three Blind Mice? Yeah, same thing. Um, it's just a very interesting thing to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess these these prob- are probably easy things to make as well, right? Oh, I'm like sure. Easy films to make. Um, especially with slashers. I mean, it's not like a whole lot of extra you have to do, right? You know? Um, except maybe like make blood look real or whatever, but right. I feel like that's pretty simple in today's time to do. So I feel like these are probably easy films to make. And we can kind of see that when they're releasing two films in the same month right. and in the same production studio. So they're easy, able to like, you know, just start these pumping out. them out. They're going to cover every yeah. nurse. They're going to, they're going to cover every nursery rhyme. That they <laughs> all of them. Um, yeah. So I'm going for the twinkle, twinkle little star one. That's going to be the alien <laughs> one. Now that could actually oh, go hard. I ain't going to lie. You are crazy. That could actually, <laughs> there might be something to that right there. Um, I just gave mm-hmm. them an idea, but just saying. Um, but yeah, y'all, if you, if you like those types of movies, just the fun, campy, slasher film be on the lookout for those when they release because uh they might be right up your alley now moving on to our, our next our next news story here this is all about the crow reboot uh now uh this is coming from lionsgate because they just tied up an eight-figure deal for domestic rights to the crow um for the reboot it's going to star uh bill skarsgård and singer-songwriter fka twigs and danny huston It's being directed by rupert sanders uh who did snow white and the huntsman and um, if you're not familiar with The Crow, let me go ahead and read this synopsis real quick. Uh, in the original revenge thriller, a man who's brutally murdered comes back to life as an undead avenger of his and his fiance's deaths. Uh, the script for the reboot is coming from Oscar nominee Zach Balin, who did uh, King Richard and Will Schneider. Now, uh, a little uh, quote from the article, which is coming from Deadline. Uh, according, to, according to producers, quote, the original film left an un an, an inedible mark on our culture that lives on. We are thrilled to bring a new adaptation for today's audiences that respects his legacy. Rupert has masterfully brought new dimensions to create a, cont- a contemporary universe for this timeless saga of an of undying love. And we can't wait to share this vision with film audiences. So I thought this was cool. I, I like the people that are attached to it. I think it has the potential mm-hmm. to, you know, be interesting. Uh, I feel like the crow is definitely one of those like, uh, you know, cult classic type of films. Yes, um, very much so. You know, of course, a lot of tragedy uh, since around since around the film as well. But um, you know, with the uh, with Bruce Lee's son Brandon Lee, uh, may he rest in peace. But uh, yeah, I think this is this is interesting. Uh, they they're going to reboot everything as they've been doing. Um, but I think this has the potential to be good. What what were your thoughts when you heard this? Be 
Yes. Um, well, I'll say I was hesitant at first just because like, I, like, you know, there's some films that you, you're, you kind of don't want to be touched, mm-hmm. I think. And I feel like The Crow is one of those films. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people have said this. So, and I kind of agree. But like you were saying, you know, you like the people that are involved and attached to the film. And just kind of like reading that article, I feel like they will treat it with like the care that it deserves. Yeah. Um, which is important, I think, with things like this. Because, uh, you know, sometimes, um, like, okay, for example, like the Pope's exorcist, the actual Pope, I mean, the exorcist that this story is, was about, Father Morth, like, he felt like he wanted certain things to, you know, uh, certain things to about his life story to be told. Yeah. And those things weren't told. And I feel like maybe they did not handle his story with the care that it deserved. So. I feel like this will be the opposite of that. It kind of seems like they will. Right. Um, and then I really like Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. I mean, Excellent he's actor. a great actor. He's a very good actor. I'm not familiar with the other people, but I do know that if, I feel like if he signs onto a project, he must feel strongly about it. Yeah. Um, just from the different things I've read about him, I feel like, you know, he has that type of uh, mentality and he approaches projects. So, I feel like he wouldn't sign on for something that he felt like wasn't going to be done right. So, yep. especially for like I'm going to give him the green light. Yeah, yep. exactly. So, hopefully, it's good. I, I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Fingers crossed on this one. You know, this will come out uh, well done. It definitely, this is a film you got to. You definitely got to respect the original uh, with this one here. But hopefully, they can do it uh, really well. And that's a film that I think they are. Are they hiring a release date at all? I don't. I don't think I saw in the a release date. Yeah, like is, is it is it like a next no. year? Mm-mm. Yeah, that insane. Yeah, so there's no there's no release window for this yet, y'all. But uh, we'll be on the lookout and keep y'all updated. Now, moving on to our last news story of the week. This is all about the new Strangers trilogy that's coming in 2024. Now, keeping on the same uh, production studio of Lionsgate, it's actually Lionsgate that's going to be releasing this uh, new trilogy of movies that that are based on the 2008 movie The Strangers and the 2018's The Strangers Pray at Night. Uh, according to Twitter, the first look of, uh, of, is it, now this is where that kind of got confused in the article. It says a trilogy of films, but just the first one is going to be shown at New York Comic Con? They said they wouldn't give a first look. I don't know about, I don't think they're going to show the actual film. I no, think. I meant like, because uh, the way the article was written, y'all, it sounded like all three films were going to release in 2024. Yes, that's true. Yeah. They now, are going to release all three films. Now, I guess the first look at this trilogy is going to happen at uh, New York Comic Con on October 12th. Now, um, the trilogy is being directed by uh, Rennie Harlan, uh, who, who uh, worked on Deep Blue Sea, Exorcist, The Beginning, The Misfits, and a bunch of other films. It's being written by Alan R. Cohen and Alan Friedland, um, who worked on The Freak Brothers and Due Date. And I think this is. I think that this has the potential to be really good. I feel like The Strangers is a formula that can be easily um, rebooted. And I'm curious about the trilogy part. Like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out, like, how are you making The Strangers a trilogy? Yeah. Um, and is it going to become like, are they chasing the same people for three movies? Like, I'm trying to figure out how you stretch the, how you create a whole mm-hmm. lore around The Strangers to end up creating a whole trilogy. I'm very curious of what their plan is for that. 
But if yeah. all three films release in 2024, like I think that's a very interesting concept. Um, I want, I'm, I'm really wondering from like a business aspect, like how that's going to play out for them. Uh, if that yeah. will increase interest, it kind of reminds me of like uh, the Fear Street movies on mm, Netflix. Yeah. There's three of those, yeah. and they released uh, like I think uh, week after week or something like that. Like one week, mm-hmm. the part one came out, then either like a week or two later, or there's some you know pretty short window of time the second film released. Um, so I, I wonder if they'll take a take an approach like that, and that could be kind of cool because I, I like that Fear Street trilogy. I think that worked pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is interesting. But what do you think about uh, this news, babe, when you heard about the Stranger trilogy that's coming out next year? Yeah, I'm with you on the trilogy aspect. I guess I'm hung up on that as well. And I'm also hung up on the fact that why does everything have to be a trilogy? <laughs> I feel like trying to every time it. someone comes out that's with something, they got to make it a trilogy. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, I don't know. I really liked the the strangers i don't remember watching the second one um so i don't really have any uh i don't really know what that one was about so um i don't know i guess i have to see like some more information about it yeah so i'll I'll be following the twitter for the comic con so i can figure out what what they what details they drop yeah absolutely and we're gonna get more details on that on october 12th y'all so Make sure you're following us on uh, YouTube or subscribe uh, and also uh, following our audio podcast on Spotify, Apple, because you're going to want to hear about this news because this has potential to be at least somewhat decent. Uh, But we're definitely curious. Uh, But that y'all wraps up our news portion of this podcast. And now we're going to jump into the main topic, y'all. I'm I'm super excited for this for this discussion, y'all. Make sure y'all stay tuned. This is going to be a good one. Uh, And this is our spoiler review of The Nun 2. y'all so for our spoiler review of the nun 2 this is kind of how we're going to break it down first we're going to give you an overview of the film kind of like what just a recap of what played out in the movie and then we're going to jump into what we liked and what we didn't like and then we're going to give um uh a rating uh for the film in our rating system works uh it's an out of five rating so you'll get our rating on this film um and now before i before i start i did want to mention up front y'all that we do have a uh, conjuring ranked video over on our YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out because we uh we rewatched the entire Conjuring uh universe in preparation for this film, and then we uh, ranked and reviewed all of them in one incredible video. So make sure you go check that out over on our YouTube channel. Uh, and I feel like I'm glad that we did because I feel like that really prepped us going into the Nun Two, so everything was fresh in our mind. Uh, and then we can roll into it. Um, but yeah, y'all. So with that, uh, we'll go ahead and start off with the overview. Now, uh, you know, the film kind of starts off uh, with Sister Irene, and she's now hidden away, hidden away in Italy, uh, where she's made a new friend, uh, a nun named Sister Deborah. And that's uh, the nun that's played by uh, Storm Reed. Uh, now, the. And I, I saw you in a notice where you, you didn't know what to call him either. The like head Vatican, one of the head <laughs> yeah, Vatican like he bishops was. or something like that. Cardinal, yeah, whatever it's called. I know called. they called his name. I just don't remember what they said. 
Yeah, he was. Uh, I believe he was in the he was in the first nun as well, and I don't yeah, remember what uh, the, his title or his name was. Mm-mm. But this person from the Vatican uh, comes <laughs> to the the convent, and he comes to see Sister Irene because there may have been some murders within uh, the church, and he knows that the demon that she defeated before has returned, and Father Burke is dead, which uh, that was a little uh, drop. Um, uh, in that conversation, you know, she's like, Hey, like, why don't you just get Father Bird to come to this? Nah, he's he died. I forgot what they said he died of. Um, but now she's the only one that can investigate because she's the one that got the experience with uh, with the demon. Now, uh, <laughs> uh, now Sister Deborah tags along and they start with the most recent murder that was shown in the opening scene uh, of the film where the priest was burned alive by Valak. Uh, they end up getting the priest rosary beads from the boy who was a witness. And that gets him to go to a guy in the Vatican records and uh, who tells them all the lore and background about uh, St. Lucy, uh, who was treated as a witch and burned, but she couldn't burn. Uh, so they took out her eyes and her eyes are what Valak is looking for to possess the power within them. Now, uh, they end up discovering that the eyes are at the school that Frenchie is working at. Uh, and he has been exhibiting very weird behavior and he was also linked to uh, the being at the priest's murder. And Sister Irene pieces that together, uh, that Valak has hitched a ride with Frenchie. Uh, now the film, uh, towards the end, we end up with the battle for Frenchie's soul and to defeat Valak uh, using the relic. Uh, but Valak ends up uh, taking that relic and uh, consuming it and getting powered up. And, you know, he's, uh, Valak kind of finessed Irene uh, thinking that, uh, you know, Frenchie was dead and ended up securing the relic and getting supercharged. Um, <laughs> now, they eventually do end up defeating uh, Valak using uh, their faith and uh, prayer, uh, utilizing the wine and turning it into, you know, the blood of Jesus Christ, the body of the blood. I knew you yeah. were going to say that. I knew it. <laughs> it was so I dumb. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> um, now... Uh, we do end up getting a mid credit scene that shows the Warrens answering a call from Father Gordon. And Ed says, how can we help? Uh, and that is pretty much like a, a very, you know, uh, quick rundown of the film. Uh, now we can jump into what we liked and what we didn't like. And we'll start off. We're, we're, we're going to break it down section by section, y'all, to kind of like organize the review for y'all. And so the sections we'll be looking at are performances, the story. Uh, the technical aspects, like the overall look, the camera work, uh, the scares, and then we'll uh, wrap it up with uh, the sound design and then lead into our score and rating. Uh, so we'll start off with, with performances. So I just got done talking a lot, base. I'm going to give you the opportunity to go first and let uh, let us know what you liked and didn't like about the performances. All right. Yeah. So um, overall, I thought that the performances were much better in this film versus the first one. Yeah. Um, Frenchie, very consistent. I thought he was excellent in The Nun. I thought he was excellent in this in this film as well. I think he portrayed, uh, you know, someone who was battling himself very well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, I think he, him and that little relationship that he had with the little girl, Sophie, was so sweet and mm-hmm. genuine. And I think it came across very, very well. So I thought he did excellent again. Mm-hmm. And um, Sister Irene, she did better this time. You know, I t- we talked about her before. I didn't think she f- seemed very scared or anything like that in the first film. But 
Um, I thought she did a much better job this time. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite scene for her was when she was being burned. Like I felt like she was being burned. Yeah, that was good. Um, that was a really good scene for her. Um, Sister Deborah. I didn't see the point. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We're doing what I liked. Okay. Yeah. I like Storm Reed as a person, like as an actress. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What I didn't like, I didn't think she did good in this film. And I honestly don't see what the purpose of her role was. Yep. Um, when she was talking, when like Sister Irene and her were talking, I felt like some of those conversations were pointless. A lot of times she was just, well, what do you think about this? Or what, you know, she was just like, yeah there it's like a little parrot really i don't know i didn't see any point of her being in this movie at all um i i know that they were kind of trying to create some depth for their characters like in the beginning they were kind of connecting over their mothers and right. how they lost their moms it was like but super that, brief that, though it was dumps dumb yeah. brief it was like five seconds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't really get I don't feel like you had a chance to connect with Sister Deborah, so therefore I didn't really feel any sort of attachment to her throughout the rest of the film. Right. Um, so that's what I have to say. Oh wait, I, Sophie. Sophie did a great job. The yeah. little girl, um, the one kid in the beginning, the Zach kid. He had. I was cracking up when dude, the father was like, "Go get the wine." He was like, "Why don't you go get the, the wine?" wine. Yeah, he was I like, did "What?" Like that. He was, was like, "Nothing." Yeah, that was actually. I did like that. That was cool. And then obviously Valak. Um, she is in full force, all her glory in this film. Um, you know, we had talked about um, a while back when we a couple episodes way back, actually, about um, Valak being like a modern icon. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this movie kind of made me see her differently. Yeah. Um, she was very menacing, um, very scary looking. Yeah. And even though in this, I. You know, she doesn't really talk. Like the only time she talked was when she was inside of Frenchie. And yeah, she talked through like Frenchie. A line or two line or whatever. Yep. So she has a lot of screen presence that's very, you know, powerful and you feel her power. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, I don't know her full name, Bonnie. Bonnie Aaron. You know her I last believe. name? Aaron's, yes. She did an excellent job, I feel. Mm -hmm. Like playing this character, not talking. And just like just basically staring and yeah, opening her like mouth. Energy and, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. So she does an excellent job with that. And I would actually like to get some um nun merch now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are my thoughts on performances. What about you? Yeah, you know, uh Bonnie Aaron's killed it. Like I loved Valak in this film. Like this is kind of this this version of Valak is kind of what I was hoping, expecting for when the first nun came out. Because Valak is just super dope. Like in this movie and it made me just really like that character even more uh so bonnie aarons did great with that um mm -hmm. like you said uh Valak was just super like creepy like just peeping around the corner like all the elements around Valak was just dope mm -hmm. uh and i agree like i think tysa farmiga did okay in this film at least a lot better than uh the first nun there were still moments where i was kind of like ah, like i don't really like the delivery of that um but i, I think it yeah. was an improvement over the first film I agree with I agree with you that um, uh, Maurice's character that that actor killed it in that role. That was a great performance. Like, and even I took notes as well. While I was watching the film and even put in there that I I thought like he was playing a possessed person really good. 
like mm-hmm. when especially when when like Vac like kind of fully took over and he was like walking like real menacing like <laughs> yeah. just going ham you know what i'm saying yeah. like yeah that yeah. was like damn like he playing this part yeah. um and i thought all the you know different children shot the film did a good job of of acting i feel like a lot man sometimes these child actors be acting better than the adults yeah. uh, a lot of mm-hmm. times uh, but i agree with you about the storm reed um uh, Deborah character. I said that in my non spoiler review too. That I was like, man, like they just kind of wasted that character. Uh, yeah. Like she really had nothing to do. She was just there to mm-hmm. serve as a person to dump the information onto. Like she's put, she was essentially like yeah. the audience member. And like yeah. so when she would, so when <laughs> Sister Army would tell her stuff, it was like, we're, we're her receiving this information. Yeah. It's the opportunity right. for them to just dump a bunch of shit out, dump the story mm-hmm. out to somebody. Uh, which yeah. is unfortunate because um, it just made that character feel like a waste. And I feel like they could have utilized um, Storm a lot better. Um, yeah. She served nothing more than just an exposi- exposition dump and just screaming and running. Um, yep. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a very disappointing one. Uh, but that's pretty much um, kind of where I fall in performances. Sorry. <laughs> uh, now we'll move okay. on, y'all, to talking all about the. Uh, the story. Um, so I'll go first on this one. Um, and I like, I like the story overall. I think the story is actually really good. A thousand times better than the first nun story. Uh, I like the idea that, you know, Valak is searching for something to uh, gain power. I think that, you know, creates the opportunity to do a lot of cool things with like, you know, scares and, torture and kills and um you know lore expansion because when people are searching for things and getting clues you naturally get to meet different people um mm-hmm. and uh, end up in different areas and different situations so it has the opportunity to allow you to get creative uh so i like the overall main story um and i definitely like the expanded lore now with like the descendants of saint lucy and like they're the ones that have this, you know, ability to have visions. Um, and it makes me wonder if, uh, you know, Lorraine is like, you know, one of these descendants because she's got similar visions and things like that. And I wonder if that's kind of. Well, the... I think that's what they were pointing at, right? Huh? I, I, said, I think that's what they were pointing at or alluding to. Yes, yeah, so I was thinking too. And they had too. that that one scene where she's not burning and then you see her face and it flashes to Lorraine's face. Oh, it did. Okay, I, I might not have caught. I might not have caught the Lorraine face. Oh yeah, um, when she's having the memories of her mother. Yeah. In that one part where she's, you know, when Valix got her up in the air and tried to burn yeah. her and stuff like that. There's a a scene where it flashes to her mom and and she says, "You have my eyes." Mm-hmm. And then you see her face, and then you see Lorraine's face face flashes, oh, and then oh, shit. it okay. goes back to her face. Yeah. So I mean, like that right there, I think is cool because I feel like that's just adding a new layer to the conjuring universe and uh you know almost making it like uh giving it like some comic book anime elements well which are which, which is really cool to me um and with that i thought the third act of this, of this film was just dope as hell like that shit went full anime like the the whole flow of, of valid getting supercharged um and we'll speak about camera work and stuff later but um I just I just like how it all played out. I even liked how they defeated 
Valak. I actually like how they defeated Valak in this film more than the first one, because this one actually utilized like, you know, faith and praying. We other, where the, uh, whereas the other film was just, you know, the blood of Jesus, you know, spit on Valak's face. I don't know. Like, uh, it just, this one, it's not as good as, you know, obviously the conjuring and how they'd be doing the, the prayers and the exorcism. But at least this film kind of was in that same lane. Um, but yeah, I think this, I think the story in this, um, is good. Um, uh, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about, I don't know if we'll, where to place this, but like there's points in the story where the pacing is kind of janky. Um, and that's because of how they deliver the information, dumping it all into the Deborah character. Um, but yeah, I, I, I genuinely like the story in this. Uh, I like all the different concepts that they had. Even if they weren't per- perfectly executed, I liked all the overall. What do you think about the story, Ben? Well, <laughs> I personally didn't feel like the story was strong enough to make a whole movie about it. <laughs> Um, I thought there was pieces that were interesting, like the lore, like mm-hmm. you were talking about with the descendants in the background. I think I wanted a little bit more of that. I think there wasn't enough uh, of the the background information of the background story mm-hmm. to of Alex's background story. Um, and because of that, I would have to say I don't really like the overall plot. Um, and then, too, it seems kind of weird that, you know, she's supposed to be looking for this relic and she's killed some of these priests. And but then at the end, like, you know, when she's at this school, she's like killing kids. And I'm like, well, what do these kids have to do with the relic? Um, I don't know. Some of the, 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 the writing didn't make complete sense to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Part. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, there's that. But I do like the the lore. I just wish there was a little bit more of that. I want a little bit more of the story. Yeah, because we, we didn't even get to learn. We didn't learn exactly what the relic even did. Stuff like I don't, that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't understand that at all. Yeah. I was like, well, how does this work? Yep. How did the power get in her eyes? Um, I wrote something else. I said, uh, I can't go back to my notes right now, but I was just like kind of confused about that. Like, I don't know. I just want some more information about that. So that kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah. And to, um, and to piggyback off before you move on to the, another, your other comments, I wanted to quick say too, on the other comment you made, um, that it was weird that like Valak, and I think I made a note of this too, maybe in my review, I don't know if I did or not, but it's in my notes that Valak is on a quest to find this relic, right? And he's killing yes. off like St. Lucy descendants. Yes. I would assume that Valak would be interrogating them because Valak's trying to find this shit, right? Like yeah, she's like, like how to, right. I'm trying to get this relic. So, and I, I'd wish that there were moments where Valak's like interrogating these priests and shit, like, you know, right. where's, where's the relic, you know, type shit. Yeah. And then right. she's like going ham on them, you know? Yeah. Because uh, it doesn't make sense to just kill them right away them. if you yeah. don't. Like, yeah. how does she end up at the school? You know, saying, how did we get there? And that was actually an issue, too, for me. Um, I feel like a lot of this movie was like chopped up sequences and then put together. Like, I don't know. We just went from like a block to another block to another block to Mm -hmm. another block. I don't feel like it was really cohesive. 
storytelling. Um, it's just like we just went from one thing to the next. And it almost seemed like there were, I don't know, moments where there was just too much divisiveness. Like I just couldn't get with it. I don't mm-hmm. know. The overall flow of for me, it just seemed like two separate movies for a good portion of the time. Yeah. There wasn't really good flow. And then, you know, obviously that last part was where everyone's kind of like in the same place does make a little bit more sense. Yeah. But that first hour, 10 minutes, I don't know. It's just, I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. I can understand that. Um, I, yeah, I'm wondering if I'm actually starting to, I'm actually wondering like how much of the film was cut out. Like there was more that they could have added had to, to help, you know, because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of missing pieces, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel that way, but I could see where you're coming from with it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, now the next, ex- I can give you an example. Let me give oh, you, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Let me give you an example. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, earlier on in the movie, you know, we have sister Irene. She's at this, um, separate, she's at this convent, you know, with these people in Italy. Right. So she's there. And then, um, She's listening to these women tell the story of her story, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is and cool. Then, I did like that. You did? Yeah, I thought that was cool. Okay, why did you like that? Because I did not like that scene. Really? I actually liked that scene because I felt like it was very realistic. Because people always be, always be, you know, gossiping about stuff. And yes, people gossip about stuff. But I also feel like a lot of the things in this, a lot of times in this movie, they were like, you know, go back to what happened in the first one. But I feel like they did it too much. Now, maybe if they had just stopped with this part, I might have been okay with it. But it was like a lot of that. And this one, I felt like it was a little bit too long. Like she told this whole long litany of what this girl was, had gone through. And it was basically just a play-by-play of the nun. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't to, me, like to it. me, it was like a kind of, to me, it felt like a creative way to recap what happened in the first movie without having a literal direct montage in the beginning of the movie that's narrated. Yeah, but they still had montages. Uh, which montages? It wasn't long ones, but they, it was a lot of times where they showed scenes from the first, from the first movie. Like, like what scenes? I honestly don't remember um, outside of that initial one where she's just telling the story. Like when they talked about, when they showed Frenchie getting the snake from the nun. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was showed, that flashback. Oh yeah, because she they showed her because she was water. remembering. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but there, yeah, it was quite a few of those though. Okay. Flashbacks. Anyways, um, I don't lost my train of thought now. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. What's the next thing? Let's just move on. No, I mean no. I mean you got some, you got you got a great point. Um, with the with the callbacks, I think I didn't mind them. Um, cause I, f- I felt like it fit within the context of like in that instance where she was remembering like, oh, that's right. When he came back to, when he came back for me, da, 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 da. And then the flashback of the snake on the mouth, it's like, yeah, that did happen. Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, I was cool with that. Um, but yeah, I definitely see some of the, uh, the other elements of what you're saying. Um, yeah. Now. And we're still talking about plot, right? And story. Yeah, it was story. Yep. Okay, cool. So. <laughs> What I feel like um, a lot of times we have some of the like similar like what do you call like horror movie trope 
Mm-hmm. Now this one with the the three girls, I was like, this is just like Annabelle uh, creation all over again. Cause you know, in that movie, there was oh, like yeah. the set of three girls who were kind of like pull- bullying the other girl. And it was the same oh, thing yeah. in here uh-huh. too. Like the, sure the mean girls. Yep. <laughs> Cause basically was- it creates the opportunity for like a character to get isolated because of these characters. Yeah, like, oh, we're exactly. daring you to go in that house over there type type of right. thing, you know? You see that in like yep. so many horror movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that was the only thing I wanted to mention about that. Yeah. Um, now the next the next topic we're going to talk about for what we liked and didn't like is the like the technical aspects of the film, like so like cinematography, kind of the overall look, the visuals, the colors, the camera work, anything that relates uh, to 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 those type of categories. I'll let you go first, man. Yeah, so, um, well, I'll, I'll start with camera work. I thought that there was one scene that really I thought was really well done, and that was near the end when Sophie was on that wooden thing that was, like, falling, mm-hmm. and then how, like, the camera kind of, like, fell with her. It kind of reminded me of a scene from, like, Indiana Jones, Temple yeah. of Doom or something like that. But I thought that one was, like, that was, like, my favorite scene, I think. Uh, well example of really good camera work just the way that that looked it felt like we were falling too yeah um so i really like that um the overall look i thought was good it was it definitely had that vintage feel and then the vintage style like color coloration as well mm-hmm. like um kind of like that um not sure what the color would be but you know kind of like that neutral tint yeah I personally would have liked to see more, I don't know, I guess more, I I like the way that the first nun kind of looked compared to this one, only because I feel like it fits the Valak vibe a little bit more, like that darkness, the, the two tones between the dark, dark and the light, um, even like the darker areas in the film, I felt like there wasn't enough contrast. I don't know how to explain it. I know what mm-hmm. I'm thinking in my mind, but um, I don't know. I just, that's just me. That's yeah. a personal thing. Yeah. Oh, I still, it still looked nice. I still think the film looked good. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's just my own personal qualm. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. I thought this film looked great. Uh, I liked the way it looked, I liked the color usage. I liked the the use of the dark and then, and Valet kind of like, hanging out in the dark and all you see is the eyes glowing. I thought that was super creepy and I really liked that. Um, I love the camera work. Like I said, that third, that third act is like an anime. And my fa- one of my favorite parts in that film was when she did consume that relic and like was getting, was going super sane essentially. And like, so once the relic was consumed, there was this big ass shockwave uh, um, behind Valak. It was like, boom. And then like, it went to like a hallway and then it was like, you saw the shockwave reverberate through the hallway. Poof. Then it went outside and it showed the same shit, like that type of stuff. I was like, yo, this is literally like anime. This is fire. Um, so a lot, of the, a lot of those elements, especially in the third act, felt like anime type uh, camera work, which I thought was super cool. Um, and you already mentioned like the play on the dark. So those, anim- those camera angles where you can see the nun in the background, you just see, just see the eyes. Um, I thought those were super well done. Um. Uh, what else did I like? Uh, yeah, I mentioned the colors and all that. I just thought I I thought the movie looked good. Uh, and I think 
um, partially because I did like the way the one. I agree, I did like the way the nun one looked. But I just feel like the movie is so bad that it kind of brings everything around it down. <laughs> but this movie, I like it so much better that naturally, I just feel like, oh man, like this movie is just you know leagues better in, in all aspects. Um, yeah, from the the look, the colors, the camera work. Um, but there there was some great camera work too, like in some of the kills. I liked like a yeah. lot of the wide shots, like when the, especially in the opening scene when the priest got set on fire. Um, some of the shots of when like that one headmistress got killed by the ghost son. Like there was just some in general like uh, great uh, shots that dealt with uh, some of the scares and some of the like battle scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, some like great wide shots. Um, um, but yeah, no, this I think te- tech technical wise, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the next topic we're going to talk about, I think, is a is going to be a great topic here. Is uh the scares. So, um, what scares did you uh, like and not like there? Um. Okay. So I personally feel like they put their best scares in the trailer. So a lot of those scares, I felt like I had already experienced them, so they weren't scary. Mm-hmm. Um. Other than those, I think my favorite scare would probably be um, the first one with the priest watching her come out of that steam. And then, because a lot of the times when, I will say, a lot of the times, my favorite scares are always going to be the ones where you see Balak, I think, because a lot of the times he would just let her appear. And it wasn't like a jump scare. It was just like one minute she's there. I mean, not there. And then the next second she is. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a, like a, and I think it's a good, um, um, using that steam kind of like mix set point across the board too, because, mm-hmm. you know, because it's kind of like appears. And so watching her come out the steam and then it's like quiet and soft. And then you just see, boom, and then like the, the, the air brushes like the yep. candles go out and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was a really, really, really good scene. A good opening scene too. Yeah. Um, so that was my favorite one. I thought the um the things like the um the chapel when the when um the little girl was in the chapel when she got stuck in the chapel. I thought that was a good one. Saw that one flash of her face yeah. and then it was gone. Um but yeah, I thought that was a good one too. But uh, those are my favorite scares. Yeah, kind of. I kind of like the one with the little boy in the beginning too, kicking the ball. Just, yeah, that was good. That was kind of that felt mm-hmm. like heavy because you couldn't mm-hmm. see nothing, but you just knew something right. was there. So that was a very right. intense feeling. Like you, could, yeah. like you could just feel the uneasiness of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I liked. It. I like all the ones where like Valix like lurking in the dark. Like them shits is hard. Uh, I really yeah. like the one where like. Uh, um that uh one the uh, i think it was yeah it was sophie that got uh was it no nah, was it sophie who which which girl got got trapped in the uh inside where they they found maurice just like fucking either making those weird sounds just standing there remember that when he was making weird sounds he was just literally just standing inside this empty hallway 
And I, for some reason, that I'm was blinking. the head mistress. There wasn't no kid there. Is that what you're talking about? No, when no, no, she no. Was, it was towards the beginning. Of, the light? It was towards the beginning of the film. The beginning. Of the and I can't remember which girl it was. It <laughs> might have been Sophie. Um, but I thought it wasn't. And he I was thought, standing in the hallway. Yes. What else like, happened? He was like in the doorway. This is the part where, like, Valak's hand like came around the door frame, and she kind of slid out, and you see like half her face. It was real creepy looking. <laughs> but Maurice's like Maurice Maurice's back was to the character and he was like making these weird sounds and they were like like you know Maurice like are you okay and then you see like Valak like like he like stops you see Valak like kind of lean around and then the character starts running <laughs> and then Valak's at the end of the hallway it's gotta be Sophie because I feel like she was the only kid that really was around him or interacted with him. Nobody else would have been like, "Are you okay?" to him. And I don't for some reason I don't remember this. Yeah, that jump was creepy though. That that jump was super creepy because she was right there. And then Valley was right there in the hallway. That jump was creepy. Uh, so I really like that one. Um, that but maybe it would it would help uh, if you I don't know if you remember the TV spot ad. Sometimes it showed on YouTube where the the quotes were like, "Do you see her?" And one of them was like her peeking around the door frame. It was from that scene. I remember that, yeah. But um, I, for some reason, I remember the rest of that. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one was really good, though. I did really like that scare. Um, okay. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call this a scare, but the the sequence that followed the magazine scare was actually super dope. Like with the dude, we had that dude in the red cloak. No idea who that was. I wonder if that's someone important. I don't know. It was like stabbing the, what I'm assuming is the St. Lucie person in the face. Like mm-hmm. that shit was cool, man. That was like some, like, I felt like some weird artistic, like eighties type shit. And I was like, Whoa, this is, this sequence is cool. Even the colors were like real saturated. I put, I put in my mm-hmm. notes specifically. I was like, like that scene, that sequence was so dope. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. And I, like I said, like that part that, you know, getting a glimpse into what all you know what kind of links all this yeah. i just want more of that stuff yeah 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 it was good though i do agree with you that was good yeah now one scare um that i was super disappointed by was um if you remember the trailers they had that that scene that that was like one of the main scenes in the trailer where she looks through that vent and she's yeah. like looking in the foot the flashlight around the room and then when she gets to the doorway, like Valak's just standing there in the doorway. But in the yeah. film, it was the headmistress back. It was the lady. And I yeah. was like, whoa, why did y'all switch this out? This is way less scary. Because yeah. you can't even see her at all. Her back was turned. And mm-hmm. then she like tucked back in. And they were like, oh, she's just standing there. And I was like, who decided to do this? Because <laughs> that to me, that scare was significantly lessened. And and it wasn't even because like I knew it, and even if the trailer was the same, it would I think it would have still been scarier. Because I think Valak herself is a scarier looking image. Um but, yeah, well, also but you know, it's dumb. They um uh, yeah, the back turn part was crazy. I think she probably should have been facing forward. Yeah, I think that would have helped a little bit. Yeah. Um because I mean we she I'm assuming she appeared as that, right? Because you know, it's based on the person. Yeah. And they talked about that a lot, right? You know, the different forms. So I guess it would make sense for her to have seen her as the headmistress versus Valak. Yeah. 
Um, cause she probably, this girl probably didn't know who Valak was or had ever seen Valak in her form. So her fear probably was attached to this headmistress woman. Oh, okay. So yeah, I agree that, uh, she should have been a different, looked different or something. Now there was one jump Having her back turned wasn't scary. Yeah, no, that jump was stupid. Uh, that was one jump scare that got me and it's kind of like an unfair jump scare, but it still made me like about jump out my seat. And that's when... Mm-hmm. Sophie was in the hallway and she opened that door and it was the Conjuring 2 hallway, the Warren's house. Mm-hmm. And oh, yes, that, that did get me. And then suddenly yeah. that like bird came. That yeah. was so uh-huh. loud and it was so sudden. It was so I literally loud. was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was a cheap one. They yeah, got us on that one. It was super cheap. Uh, but, but the way that scene ended, where the light came on, like that was actually really creepy. How Val was literally just standing there looking at her, and then she like smiled. <laughs> that was creepy. And then that, mm. then when they opened, and then when the mom opened the door and the light hit, yeah, she kind of like faded into the wall. Into the wall. That was hard. Yeah. Um, that was mm-hmm. like a super cool scene. Um, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here too. Another thing that I mentioned in my notes, uh, was they added this like bone crunching sound to both Valak and that demon goat thing. I thought that, I thought that sounded kind of creepy. Like the bone. Yeah, like when her, like when Valak's hand wrap wrap around or would go on someone's shoulder oh, or something, okay. they'd be like, oh, yeah, like it was just weird. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I liked it, but you know, I didn't, I didn't like it because it sounded all nasty. Right. Um, <laughs> and you know what I also mentioned? I thought the credits were like super creepy. I loved the credits. I was actually, it was funny because, you know, everyone else got up but me. And so I was silently thinking to myself, maybe I should just leave. And then I'll just ask, you know, AJ what happened in the movie. That was creepy. Because it was so creepy. Yeah. And I didn't want to be there by myself. That was <laughs> stupid creepy, man. Uh, yeah. But yeah. But I did like the way they did it, though. It was super cool. Yeah. It was like, I was like, man, whoever made these credits, like, it's, it's kind of scary. They kept, you know, they're keeping the 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 vibe going even into the credits it's definitely the, yep. the creepiest credits in the whole conjuring universe i'm gonna tell you that right now um but yeah i think i think that's all i got for uh um for scares there's there was like other moments that i really liked that weren't as scary like when valak was you know had the headmistress killed it wasn't necessarily scary. I just think it was like messed up, but like in a good way. Yeah. Because I was just like, dang, like Valak is just, I think it really showcased like just how menacing Valak is, like using her dead child to like yeah, end up killing really her with mean. the little Catholic thing. I was like, damn, like that's crazy. Um, I would like to know what the significance of the crows are is. Do you, do you know what that is? What that means? Because I, I wrote that down. Like, what's the significance of the crows? Because the crows seem to show up a lot in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like a trying to signify evil type thing. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know if there was maybe like some deeper meaning that I might have missed or something like that. Yeah, I also like that uh, I also like that goat thing. Remember that goat I knew you would. I was like, one? I bet you he, he liked that thing. Yeah. Especially when when that goat thing first appeared, and, and it started running start towards running. that girl at the stairs, yeah. and Deborah was trying to get to her, I was like, "Oh, that's crazy!" Um, yeah. yeah, she so was like flying. She got that door closed. Yeah, she did. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and then um, I, I mean, obviously, it's not nice, but like the way that they was that <laughs> some girls getting flung around the room. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's quite a funny. I was like, "Yo, Valley's going ham." <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, good God. Uh, and that one well, girl got know, stabbed was, by the goat thing through the door, too. That was crazy. Yeah, that joint was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking, like, you know, obviously she's an extremely powerful yep. demon, right? So, like, when we look back at, um, like, Annabelle, for example, and the demon that was connected to her, you know, how the Warrens had the priest come and pray, like, twice a month or something like that to yep. keep the evil contained. And just think about that, right? And all the havoc that that, that particular demon right. made. And then you have the nun. And then in the first movie, you have these nuns praying all day long right. to keep <laughs> this thing contained. Yeah. So that's how you know it's, it's powerful. Don't know no what. Joke. I told y'all, man. Valak's going to be playing, man. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's the scare section, y'all. So the last section we're going to jump yeah. into is the, um, the sound design uh, slash the score of the film. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. It's a lot of, you know, like kind of like typical like violin type sounds and stuff like that. Um, and uh, for the score and for the sound design, I mentioned, I already mentioned earlier, like the little bone crunching sound that they use mm-hmm. um, for both Frenchie when he was like getting all contorted. Also for Valak when she was, you know, grabbing something, either a, sol- a shoulder or, or a doorway mm-hmm. or something. Um, uh, and then like the, the, the foot stomps from the goat thing. Uh, and then just like the, I thought this, I, I just thought overall, like the sound design was very effective. The only thing I was disappointed by was that, <clears throat> that weird monk chant thing from the nun one, wasn't it? <laughs> I was like, and I specifically wrote <laughs> that in my notes. <laughs> I think I was like halfway through the movie and I wrote down in my notes, there's no lie, y'all. I wrote down <laughs> in my notes, the, the nun one chant hasn't appeared yet in the film. I wonder if it's in here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry, baby. So sorry. Yep. But, yeah, I thought the sound design was good. Um, yeah, there were some small details I thought that were really well done, like the one scene where they had the little when Sophie was being tricked by those girls to wait for the the the, the devil, um, and then you heard like you know just the wind blowing and the leaves mm-hmm. rustling. Yep, and um, I don't know. Just I feel like they did pay a lot of attention to like the small sounds, which I thought were really effective as well. Like you feel like you're in this old school or this old church in France. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I thought that was I thought oh, I agree with what you said, and then I you know just that atten- extra attention to like the small details, yeah, um, like the whistles and um, the minor background you know noises. I thought those were really good. Yeah, I thought those were good too. Like the it's like the ambiance noises that's mm-hmm. especially yes, when it's very exactly. cool, especially when it's very quiet. Yeah. Like yes, it was just exactly. it, it added to the eeriness. Um mm-hmm. like the, the different creeks and things like that. Yeah. Uh, exactly what I'm trying to say. Yep. Uh, and I thought the one moment that uh Frenchie did talk when Valak was possessing him was cool. Like I thought I yeah. like the way the voice sounded. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish we got more of Valak talking. I think that would have been super hard. Yeah. Yeah, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. But any um extra things you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. There, there, I just I literally just had a thought that I wanted to. Bring. Oh, this is what I wanted to bring up: the mid credit scene. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and I think I don't know if we talked about it yet in the earlier part there. Um, mm. but what do you think the mid credit scene means? Do you think it's just a reference to, um, like the Conjuring two, and that you know maybe. Like them getting a call in relation to a case, 
or do you think this is actually potentially um you know leading into a new film where maybe they they're they're battling valak again what do you think okay well i don't know but i'm gonna hope that there is more to come Mm -hmm. and that it is alluding to a future film and where we can get some more of those connecting of the dots between the descendants um and then you know lorraine that's my hope so i feel like that's mainly what the the center of the film really is right like uncovering this connection between lorraine and sister irene and you know those that came before them and then their connection to valley um so i'm hoping we'll get some you know more maybe um uh the actual story of them when they meet frenchie later on because i don't think we ever got that full story we just had clips of that right that's my hope fingers crossed that's actually a good point (laughs) because they do end up end up meeting him and exercising him yes when she saw that for you know she got super affected right so me which when you think about it i I hadn't even thought about this it's actually kind of sad because it it ended up not too like sister you saved my life you thought he was good you still ain't good good valley's still on your ass yeah valley don't exactly valley have been killed two different times by the blood of jesus (laughs) and by the blood by the blood of jesus again in the wine yeah, and uh, there was a lot more blood this time. It was a lot more. <laughs> you know, next is gonna be the body. It's gonna go. Oh my gosh, you are crazy! <laughs> what do you think the end of this the scene means? Um, yeah, I was actually just googling it real real quick because I uh, I knew that there's you know another Conjuring movie coming out, which is Conjuring Four, yes. and it's called The Last Rites. Correct. Um, yes. And there's a screenwriter article which they're thinking that it leads, it has some sort of connection to the Conjuring Four. Um, and I'm I'm kind of okay. I'm kind of under that same boat that it's got a connection to, uh, like the whatever the next Conjuring film is because I feel like they, if it was a callback to a previous film, they would have been a lot more specific. Like I think they would have referenced like a very specific moment. Um, but the fact that you just reminded me about you know them really encountering Maurice again and actually trying to exercise them themselves and you know Lorraine having the horrific vision and stuff, I was like, oh, that could you know, make for a good movie. I guess my only problem with that would be um, I hope that they like, like go crazy with it. Cause even though, mm-hmm. you know, we get the, the, the glimpse of it in like the projector video in the Warren classroom in the first film, I just hope that uh, like, like it doesn't lessen the effect of the story. If you get what I'm trying to say, like, you know, sometimes you like, when you already know how a movie's going to end since it's a, since it's a prequel like it's, a, yeah. it's not as fun uh i hope they just kind of ignore that and just go crazy with it and like let valak just go ham again because yeah i like i like this valak uh if they're gonna bring valak yeah. back for this which if that's the route they're going cool if not you know hey that just means we're getting a whole new case and yeah. stories opportunity to opportunity to dive back into some you know worn case files or whatever and have just another yeah. good conjuring film uh, but yeah, so uh, any last thoughts from you? I gave my last thought, and that was that mid credit scene. You well, got any last thoughts? Let me see. Do I have any last thoughts? Um, well, not really. I don't think I have anything extra to add. Um, 
I'm just making sure I'm checking my notes. Yep, I'm looking over my notes right now as well, just to be sure. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have really much else to add. Um, I do want to say that I think Michael Chavez did a much better job with Absolutely. this film than he did with La Llorona and Llorona. The Devil Maybe Do, do It. Um, so, um, you know, kudos to him. So maybe if, I don't know who, do you know who's directing the next one? Did they say in that, uh, in that article you read about? I don't think they, I don't think those details oh, okay. are out Yeah, Let me double check. Just to be well, sure. if he was trusted nah, to, not take, out yet. to continue the process, I would not be mad. Cause you know, at first I was like, oh no, how he going to do this? Cause you know, he didn't, he dropped the ball the first two times. Right. But, um, I think he did much better with this film. Um, than the previous two, so yeah, I I agree hundred percent. I think that I don't really know all the films that he's directed, but I think it does show that he's getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that just makes me more excited because maybe as he gets better, we'll get maybe even films outside of the Conjuring universe, um, mm-hmm. where he can you know flex his muscle with something even original or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do I do think that uh, he did better, and I think they kind of did valid justice with this movie better than the nun one um but yeah i I think overall like this is this is a decent movie so with that let's get into the ratings i'm gonna let you go first so for me i am have to go with two and a half out of five wow you went ham on this i think for me it's just that first hour and 10 minutes like i a lot of times I was kind of bored. I literally was yawning a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, like I said, I just feel like it wasn't very cohesive. The last, like we both agree, the last act was good. Even I've actually, um, I watched one other person review this movie too. And he, he's, he said the same thing, that last act. Yes, it's I know. Hard. Last act is good. It's yeah. so good. Yes. But it doesn't, to me, it doesn't outweigh all the rest of what I got wrong with the rest of the movie. The last act movie. is so hard that it picks the movie up a lot. Like, Not for me. Yeah. It doesn't pick it up for me. Yeah. Because um, even in that last act, um, I don't know. I just feel they didn't get the com- a complete package. I don't know. Either way, I'm two and a half on that one. Okay. I'm sitting at 3.25 for me. Uh, You're not that far away from me. <laughs> at least I'm at a three, though. You know what I mean? Um, About halfway. I thought this was decent. Like, I thought it was kind of... Uh, I thought I thought that what it did good, it did very well, which helps bring it up. But there was, like, pacing issues. And I agree that there was moments where it was slow enough to where it was born. And for me, it became like a, oh, I can't wait till Valak gets back on screen. You That's know? what I'm saying. Yeah. It was literally like trudging along. There's then trudging along again. And yeah. it's like it was up and down a lot for me. So I think what they gotta do to fix it for if they do a nun three is like just make the in-between more interesting. Make those characters mm-hmm. more interesting. Like, you know, Deborah was super uninteresting. Sister Irene is still kind of uninteresting. Uh now that she's got these like St. Lucy powers essentially, and they really like tapping into that. Maybe they can make her more exciting and interesting. But I think that's kind of what the problem was is like when Valak wasn't around, it just wasn't very. It was dry. It was, yeah, it was kind of dry. <laughs> you know, the Maurice moments with Sophie were kind of, like I said, they were kind of sweet I, and heartwarming. They, they but, were sweet. They were cute. Uh, mm-hmm. For the most part, though, it was like I was waiting for Bob to get back because that's when the movie is oh, going so hard. By the way, side note that sis- that lady, that girl, the teacher, she was the sister from Nadia. Oh, okay. 
Oh, okay. Now I see it. Now I see it. Okay. Oh, see, so you remember now. I do remember okay. now. Now that you now, now that you pointed that out, I do remember. I didn't know who you were talking about before. Okay, I got you now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was talking about the Sophie's mom. Yep. Sorry. Okay. Well, at that time, she was just a teacher. I didn't really realize that she was her mom yeah. until afterwards. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna set a three at a three point two five for me. Uh, <laughs> I think it's funny because usually I'm much more graceful with my scoring. And then this time you gave a much higher score than I did. But you don't know why? <laughs> because Valak was basically like fucking Demon John Wick. Like Valak was just going ham. And so I was just on board. I was like, damn, like this is kind of Valak I want. Like I want a Valak that's just going to tear people out the frame. Yeah. Um, and I was just brutal. Like when that headmistress was getting her ass whooped by that ghost kid, <laughs> I was like, damn, this is hard. You are crazy. Because those hits were hard. Yeah. Like that last hard. one was. Dude, like I was like, golly, like Malik is going. Damn. Yeah. Um, also, I felt like there wasn't. Um, I don't. Do, can you look up what they gave this R rating for? What was it for? Oh, let me see. Because if it's bloody, blood and gore, there was none of hardly any of that. Like that was probably the oh, goriest yeah, scene. Yeah, the bloodiest you're scene right. There had. wasn't really any gore in there. Mm-mm. I was wondering if that's. Was that part of their rating decision or not? It was rated Cause... R for violent content and some terror. Oh, okay. So, no gore so it wasn't in there. Like it was okay. The violence. I was like, the, dang, I wanted a little bit terror. more bloodiness, which is weird yeah. for me, I think. But <laughs> that was like the only scene that was bloody was yeah. that one with the headmistress. So real but, quick, because um, I looked this up off of Rotten Tomatoes, I just wanted to point out the, the current uh, ratings for uh, this film, Rotten Tomatoes, right now. Uh, for the critic side, with 83, 83 reviews, is sitting at a 45%. But on the audience side, with 100 plus verified ratings, is sitting at 77%. See, I'm, I'm riding the line with the critics, and you riding it with the yeah, audience. Yeah, the audience is <laughs> fucking with it. Because, like, I think a lot of people are just like, damn, like, Valid is so hard. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people are comparing it to the first film. Even other people have talked about it. They say, oh, yeah, it's way better than the first it film. It is. But I'm looking at this as what it by itself is a standalone film i just don't think it hits the mark yeah fully it's like it's got some good parts but those good parts to me don't outweigh the rest of it i feel like the good parts are so hard that it helps balance out the bad parts like with the bad pacing issues Hey, you know, yeah. we're not always going to agree. Oh, yeah, I no. like Insidious the Red Door. You did not. I don't, I don't know how you like that movie. That movie is terrible. <laughs> and what, I texted you from the theater. I was like, I can't believe you like this movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, you did. And I was like, I'm, I don't know how you didn't like it. Valak I was just so stupid. surprised. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you forgot the first hour of the movie. You were just so focused on the last part. That's nah, cause I, <laughs> no, because I remember scenes that you don't even remember. You don't even remember the whole the, scene that where the girl walked scene. into the park. With Maurice there must have been one of the ones like, when I nodded off. I was like, this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, and Valley and peeking around the door and then peering in the hallway. Like, that junk was crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But uh, that's that. But yeah, that's our rating for uh, The Nun 2, y'all. <laughs> if you've seen The Nun 2, drop down in the comments below what your rating for this film is. And uh, let us know what you liked and what you didn't like. Because we'd love to discuss that with y'all down in the comments. And as a reminder, like I said in the beginning of this um, main topic of the spoiler review for the nun 2 don't forget we got a full uh, conjuring universe ranked and reviewed video uh, on our youtube channel that is like you know super dope we 
rewatched all the films and then we ranked and reviewed them. Um, so I'm now I'm kind of curious with our ratings for the Nun Two, where it's gonna fall in our Conjuring mm-hmm. universe ranked. So we might do like a like a very short, small follow up video just to let y'all know where this um, film will rank amongst uh, our uh, previous Conjuring universe uh, video. But make sure you check that video out because it's dope. Uh, but with that, y'all, that concludes today's episode of In Love with the Horror. Thank y'all so much. You made this far for listening to the entire podcast. Uh, I know we had a great time discussing all the new trailers and news and you know talking about the nun too. Uh, I hope y'all, y'all had a great time uh, listening to this discussion. Join the discussion in the comments, y'all. Uh, we'd love to talk with y'all on all the things from this, from this episode of the podcast. Um, uh, also, make sure that you are uh, following us on all the social media channels like uh, our TikTok. We, we post a lot on there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel because we do a lot of like reactions uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, and then, you know, ex- you know, subscribe on IG and just subscribe to us and follow us on everything. And then if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, please do leave, leave us, us a, a review. Yes, that that does help uh, boost the visibility. Um, so it, and it's, it's easy. I was going there. You click the five star real quick. Uh, we'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, but with that, y'all, that concludes this episode of In Love With Horror. And we'll see y'all on the next episode. Peace.